0: The
1: disclaimer.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, and it's my privilege to be your announcer on this, the seventh Sunday of Easter. The Reverend Jake Sletten will deliver today's message, assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Siniger. The acolytes are Jack Goodman and Drew Creed. Today's broadcast is in memory of Herman Lady, Jr., for all veterans, and is dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together.
2: All right, and before we continue with our worship today, we have a few announcements to go through. First of all, there are VBS, Vacation Bible School, registration forms in the narthex, in the table that is right outside. It's the same table that has the sign-ups for the church picnic. Please find those and complete those as soon as possible because that starts on June the 4th. Uh, Let's see. The sign-up sheets for the picnic are also out there on the same table. The the LWML Ladies' Aid will meet Thursday, June 1st at 1.30 in the Fellowship Hall. The church office will be closed tomorrow, Monday, May 29th, in observance of Memorial Day. And also, there is a list out on the same table where the VBS forms are, and the sign-up sheets for the picnic car. We have been having some issues with our phone tree, and we wanna try to rectify those as soon as we can. If, you're, if you are A, not getting any of the phone tree messages, or the message that you do get is garbled and you can't really hear it that well, the, please put your name and your telephone number on, this, on the um, sheet that is on that table there, because we're gonna go through that and check our numbers and try to do our best to, to try to get that phone tree back to working the way that it should. And then also as tomorrow is Memorial Day at the end of the service we will be doing a short time of recognition for all those who either are currently serving or those who have served in, uh, in a branch of the military and so we, we will be doing that at the end of our service today. And I think. That is all of the announcements that I have. If you are in need of nursery care, uh, it's just right outside of the double doors in the back of the sanctuary. Hang a left, and it's in the small chapel there. Uh, Follow the signs, or an elder or an usher can help you find that. And so with that, let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, Thank you, Lord, that it is the third day, the day, Lord, that we celebrate and we worship because it was on this day that you rose again. And we thank you, Lord, that we have had seven wonderful weeks for which to celebrate Easter, uh, for which, Lord, Lord, we get to say those wonderful words that, Alleluia, Christ is risen, that he has risen indeed. And so we ask, Lord, that as we worship you now, uh, that, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship, and Lord, that uh, in, all, in all things, that you would fill us with an extra measure of your Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. We open with our first hymn, Holy Spirit Ever Dwelling." That's number 650-650. have mercy, mercy on us, us. Forgive, forgive us, us renew us, us, and lead us, so, so that we may delight Christ in your will and walk in your ways. <throat> to The glory of your holy name. Amen. So Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah! I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O oh Lord, I will make music. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God.
0: It is he who made us. And we are his, we are his
2: people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever.
0: And his faithfulness
2: to all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have broken the tyranny of sin and have sent the Spirit of your Son into our hearts, whereby we call you Father. Give us grace to dedicate our freedom to your service, that we and all creation may be brought to the glorious liberty of the children of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated.
3: Our first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter one, verses 12 through 26. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man brought a field with, I'm sorry, now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called, in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God
2: now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. Also, uh, now is the time to bring up your mighty mites for offering.
0: The children's sermon today is presented by Pastor Jake Sletton and is on Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 26.
2: Right, you guys can actually turn and face me, okay? That way I can talk with you. Okay. How many of you have ever gotten an infection before? Some of you, most of you? Okay. Yeah, you have? Yeah. I have I, I have too. What normally happens when you get an infection? What what does that mean, Cordell? You're sick. Yeah, you get sick with whatever it is that you have, okay? And so, hey Brooksy boy. That's my nephew, by the way. Um, he just wants to get closer to God, and that's a good thing. Okay. Um, so, when you get an infection, that means that you get sick. And usually, you get an infection from whom? Where do you get it from? Other people. Other people. Yeah, so you usually get an infection from somebody else who has been sick. Okay. Well, what if I told you that there was a good infection... That you can get. Would you believe me? No? Some of you? Okay. Well, what we're gonna be talking about in the sermon for today, or at least one of the things that we're gonna be talking about, is getting what's called what an author, his name was C. S. Lewis, he called it getting a good infection. Okay? And what he meant by that was when we okay were infected infected with Jesus. Okay? That when Jesus, okay, who comes into our hearts and comes into our lives when that when the good news about him gets into our lives that it begins to sort of do things, it begins to change us, it begins to make us into the people that God wants us to be. Now, when do you think that that infection happened with you? When do you think? Keenan? When, we when we were baptized. Very good. Okay. So, I want you all to come over here. Okay, and we're just going to look at this really quick, all right? So, when we became baptized children of the Heavenly Father, and there was water in this font, many of you were probably baptized at this, at this very font, okay? When we became baptized children of the Heavenly Father, we were infected with that good infection. We were infected with Christ, okay? Christ came into our lives, he came into our hearts, and he claimed you as his own, And said, Cordell is my property now. McKinley is my property now. Okay? And all of you are my property now. Okay? And so that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. There was a disciple that was chosen as the 12th disciple. His name was Matthias. Okay? And Matthias was chosen because he was one of those people that was infected with Jesus, that had that good infection of the Messiah we're going to be talking about what that was that was inside of him and is inside all of you as well, okay? Can you guys put your hands together and repeat after me, okay? Dear Jesus, thank you for infecting us with your good news. Help us to infect others with the good news about Jesus also. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks.
3: Our epistle lesson today is from 1 Peter chapters 4 and 5. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All of they are yours, and yours are mine, and I glorify them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated.
0: Our sermon hymn today is number 728, verses 1 through 4, number 728, how firm a foundation.
2: Will you all pray with me, please? Dear God, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning, from God our Father, and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the first lesson from Acts that was just read, in which Matthias is chosen as the twelfth disciple to replace Judas, who had earlier died. Several years ago, when I was at the seminary, they have chapels every Wednesday, I had the great opportunity to hear one of the best sermons that I've, I've ever heard. It was given by Dr. Jeff Gibbs. I've mentioned him before. And the content of his sermon, the main point of his sermon, was something that I'm sure all of us have heard before, spreading The gospel. Except he didn't talk about it in the sense of us going out and evangelizing to others and spreading the good news about Jesus, although those are things that we are called, certainly by God's word, to do. But he said it in reference to how the gospel needs to spread in here, within us, within our own hearts. You see, he talked about how once the gospel, the good news about Jesus crucified, died, buried, and rose again, gets into a person's heart, that it begins to, in his words, it begins to change stuff. It begins to take over. It drives away fear. And it changes that person's life forever. And this is what happened with Matthias, although it's interesting that this is the only time in all of Scripture that his name is ever mentioned. He was a disciple of Jesus, chosen as the the final disciple to replace Judas, who had previously died, and yet there is no talk about his works or what he did after that. Not about how he went out and evangelized. Not about how he went out and, and saved X amount of people. No, it just says that he was chosen by casting lots as the twelfth disciple. But it does say this. If you look at your text one more time, it does say that in order for him to be considered to have been one of the twelve, I'm sorry, one of the twelve disciples, he had to have fallen under two different qualifications, two different requirements. The first requirement was that he had to have been with Jesus during his entire ministry, from the time that he was baptized to the time that he died. You see, he needed to have walked literally with Jesus. He needed to have eaten with Jesus. He needed to have conversed with Jesus. He needed to have seen all of the many wonders and the miracles and the signs that Jesus performed during his three-year ministry. That was the first requirement. And the second requirement was that he had to have been a witness to the resurrection, meaning he had to have seen Jesus resurrected. He had to have seen Jesus with the nail marks still in his hands, the pierced side, still there, the nail marks in his feet. He had to have seen that. He had to have conversed with Jesus after he had been resurrected. And we know why this was, because the resurrection is, is other than the crucifixion, it is the most important thing that Jesus ever, ever did. So he had to have been with Jesus the entire time, and he had to have been witness to his resurrection. This was the good news that was inside of Matthias, why he was selected, why he was chosen to be the 12th disciple for Jesus. Because once this good news about Jesus got into Matthias' heart, it changed stuff. It changed his life. It did, it did all of those things to him. It, conti- it, it made him set apart for God and for his purposes. We call that process sanctification. Once that got into Matthias' heart. And so today, I guess in the spirit of the fact that nothing was ever recorded about Matthias' evangelizing, we're not going to talk this morning about how we need to go out and we need to evangelize and spread the good news about Jesus, which we absolutely, most definitely, 100% do. What we're going to be talking about this morning is what the gospel does to you. Once it gets inside of your heart and what it does to me. There are obviously many things that the gospel does, but we're going to be talking about three main things. The first thing that the gospel does, or one of the things that the gospel does, is it heals. Specifically, the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to heal relationships. There's several good examples of how the gospel has done this in both the Old and the New Testaments, but the one that always comes to my mind is the story of Jacob and Esau. In case you're not aware of it or have forgotten some of it, Esau was the oldest brother, I'm sorry, the oldest son to Isaac. And as the oldest son, he then was given the birthright, or was supposed to have been given the birthright and the blessing from his father. Now, just to sort of put some context into why this was so important. Getting the birthright meant that when the father died, that Esau would have gotten all of the property and everything that his father had, all of the land and the animals and everything that his father had. It just automatically went to the first son. And getting the blessing meant that Esau would have been in a closer covenantal relationship with Yahweh. He would have been closer to God. But these two things didn't happen. The first one, it didn't happen simply because he let his stomach get the, the, the best of him and he traded his birthright for a plate of food that his, that his brother, Jacob, had made. And the second thing didn't happen because of deception. A devious scheme that was actually, of all people, conjured up by his mother. And she helped her favorite son, Jacob, to steal the birthright from Esau. And the Bible records Esau's reaction to this, and if you haven't read it yet, I really encourage you to read that entire story because it's a fascinating story. The Bible says that once Esau found out that, that not only had his birthright been taken from him, which was his own fault, but that then the blessing gets deceptively stolen from him, he was so angry that he just shouts out and he is screaming in anger. And so Jacob learns of this, and he flees. He flees for 66 years from from his family. Well, one day, Jacob finds out that Esau is coming after him. And not only is it Esau that is coming after him, but Esau is coming after his brother Jacob with 400 men. Presumably really, really angry and really, really still ticked off 66 66 years later about what has happened. And so Jacob decides to meet Esau first and goes out to meet him and has this whole speech prepared about how he is so incredibly sorry about what happened 66 years ago. And then do you remember what happens? Jacob goes up to Esau expecting one thing and receives the exact opposite. Receives forgiveness. The Bible records how Esau throws his arms around Jacob and kisses him and forgives him. The gospel heals, folks. It heals relationships. Now, I've been here since October. And I have been here now long enough to learn and to talk with some of you and to hear from others. There are a lot of relationships within these, within this place here and outside of these walls that need healing. They need fixed and need made right. I know that because some of you have told me and I've heard it from other people. And you've heard me talk about this before in previous sermons to forgive, just as your Heavenly Father has forgiven you. Allow the gospel to fix, to heal whatever relationship that you have that is broken. Whatever it is, the gospel can and does and will heal it. And you know where it starts? That word that begins with an F, it should be a capital F, ends in forgiveness, forgiveness. I know that there are relationships here between people, between people in this exact room that are not exactly healthy and not, and not fixed. I am calling upon you, I am encouraging you. By the gospel, let the gospel fix it and be made right. If you are the one who has been wronged, seek forgiveness from that person. If you are the one who was the wrongdoer, seek forgiveness from the person that you have wronged. I don't care how long ago that it was. I don't care, folks. I don't care how many generations back that this goes. And I've talked with some of you, and sometimes it goes generations back. I am encouraging you. I am pleading with you to let the gospel heal your relationship. And it starts with forgiveness. That is how the gospel heals. That is how it fixes things. That is how it makes relationships right with forgiveness, to forgive just as we have been forgiven by the Father through Jesus Christ. The next thing, The next thing that we are going to talk about is that the gospel relieves, specifically the gospel relieves guilty
4: consciences.
2: I cannot think of anybody in the history of the entire world who had a more guilty conscience than Peter. Peter, you will remember, denied the Lord of the universe, denied ever knowing him, denied who he was to save his own skin, not once, not twice, but three separate times. Times as if he didn't know what he was doing the first two. Can you imagine how Peter felt? He probably didn't sleep much. He probably lost a lot of weight because he didn't, he probably wasn't eating much. And then Jesus is resurrected. And he returns and he goes to Peter, and there's this wonderful scene where Jesus and Peter are sitting beside a fire. A lot of good conversations happen by a campfire. Maybe the forgiveness conversation can happen by a campfire. Okay? And Jesus asks Peter three separate times, the the same amount of times that Peter denies him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter each time says, yes, Lord, I love you. The second time, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And finally, Peter gets hurt and says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus, through this process of asking Peter this question three separate times, reinstates Peter for service in his kingdom. And there are probably two apostles, two disciples that we talk about the most, Peter and Paul. Peter is then reinstated, forgiven by Jesus, relieved of his guilty conscience by the Messiah himself, and he is now fit, is is ready to continue in service to the kingdom of God. The gospel relieves and will relieve and does relieve your guilty conscience over sin. It might be a sin that you have committed years ago that you still feel terrible about. It might be a sin that you just can't seem to shake. And every morning that you wake up, it's there staring at you right in the face, waiting for you to fall again. But this is what the gospel says. The gospel says that through Christ, God has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The gospel says, the Bible says, that God has no memory of your sins. The gospel says that as a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, you start every day brand new with a clean slate. He has no memory of your sin. Yes, even that sin that you're thinking of right this moment. There is not a sin that you have committed that the blood of Jesus, you've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating, there is not a sin that you have committed that the blood of Jesus has not covered and has not redeemed and has not, there's that word again, forgiven. It relieves your guilty conscience. Finally, and I talked about this with the kids that were up here a minute ago, The gospel infects people. C.S. Lewis called this a good infection, and this is what he says because he says it better than any way that I can. He says good things as well as bad are caught by a kind of infection. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. Now, the whole offer which Christianity makes is this, that we can, if we let God have his way, come to share in the life of Christ. If we do, we shall then be sharing a life which has begotten, not made, which always has existed and always will exist. Christ is the Son of God. If we share in this kind of life, we also shall be sons of God. We shall love the Father as he does, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, will arise in us. He came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life that he has. By what I call a good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. As I told the children that that was here a few moments ago, when you became a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, the Bible says when you heard the gospel for the first time with your own ears, it infected you. And Christ lives in you. He has taken up residence in you. How else can I say this? He has... Just like the man who landed on the moon and he staked his flag down in the moon, Christ has staked his flag in your heart and said, this is mine. It's my property, and it belongs to me. And there is nothing that Satan can do about it. Nothing. Satan cannot touch you because of Christ. Not with any way that he tries to make you feel guilty. Not by any way that he tries to to arise up in you really terrible and awful things. He can't touch you. Because the power of the gospel that has infected you is producing fruits. It is. It's producing good fruit. It is, as it says, producing fruits of the Spirit. As C.S. Lewis says, Jesus came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life that he has, the life of Christ, by what I call a good infection. If we share in this kind of life, we shall also be called sons of God. C.S. Lewis's own conversion is, is a really excellent way for how this works and for how this is shown. C.S. Lewis, in case you didn't know, the great author, the great Christian author, was not always Christian. As a matter of fact, he was an atheist and didn't believe that, that there was a God, that there was nothing. His mother died when he was nine, and he got sent to a boarding school along with his brother by what, the, by what I've read is by, who was led by a very terrible man who was later uh, medically considered insane, and there, slowly but surely, he died began to believe less and less and less in God. To the point that he believed that all life was really meaningless. He becomes a professor. He meets up with a couple of other professors, authors. One was J.R.R. R. Tolkien, which, who wrote the Lord of the Rings books. And the story goes that while they were all walking one night, C.S. Lewis finally gets it. And he understands. And he believes in the gospel. And it changes him. And from that walk on, all that he wrote was about Christ. His Chronicles of Narnia series, A Mere Christianity, The Great Divorce, all of his works are all about Christ and about what he has done for you and for me. He wrote about it so often that his friends who had helped to, uh, to convert him to Christianity, they actually sort of got bothered by it and said, stop writing so much about it. That, that's how the story goes. It changed him. It took over stuff in him. And he could do nothing else but to express it in his way by writing about it. This is the good news that Matthias experienced in person. It is the good news that was in his heart. It was the good news that he was then to take forth and to spread to other people. It is the good news that is in you. It is the good news that is changing you. It is the good news that is taking over stuff. It is the good news that is driving away fear. It is the good news that is healing your guilty conscience. It is the good news that heals and will heal your broken relationships. It is the good news by which you have been infected with. It heals. It relieves. By the power of the Holy Spirit, folks, it continues to grow each and every day. Thanks be to God for this good infection, this good news that we have been given by his Son through the Holy Spirit. It has been given to you, and it continues to change you. It continues to grow. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds. and And I look for the resurrection resurrection of the dead and the life life of the world world to come. come. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings in the pew that is on the aisle side of your pew Is a red sign in book. Uh, Please, whether you are a member or a guest, sign that book and then send it along down to the window side. The window side, send it back to the aisle and the person who is last there in the aisle, please tear out the front page and set it on the top of the red book so that the elders can come by after church and receive it. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings.
0: The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The Darkest Ladies' Aid will again have a bake sale at the picnic on June 9th with this, with this year's proceeds going to the church radio broadcast. Everyone is invited to bring baked items or donations for this worthwhile project. Thrivent is providing the, the supplies for the bake sale. The LWML Ladies' Aid will meet Thursday, June 1st at 1.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Worship will be given by Susan Stark. Connie Prater will present the program. Hostesses are Becky Morgan and Nadine Oberman. Visitor for June is Karen Klibecker. We invite all the ladies of the congregation to attend our meet- meetings. The church office will be closed Monday May 29th for Memorial Day. The TEA is having a garage sale Friday, June 16th in the afternoon and Saturday, June 17th in the morning. For more information, you may check with the church office. Trinity Lutheran School is seeking someone to supervise our school care for the 2017 2018 school year. For ma- more information, Please contact the school at 235-5931. Picnic Committee sign-up sheets are available in the Narthex of the church for the church picnic. For more information, please contact the church office or K Kaiser at four one seven four eight four nine three six eight two. Trinity's Children. Children's Sunday school and adult Bible classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study group meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies Bible study groups also meet. Contact the church office at 235-7300 for more information on Bible study groups.
2: Christ. Nice. In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First of all, for all those on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Clybaker, Esther Holly, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Rosa Marie Griman, Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Brenda Lawmaster, Caitlin Clybaker, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dale Chapman, Dan Haynes, Dustin Schmidt, Don Schmedeke, Clint Skaggs, Joan Haynes, Bill and Jim Wilson, Becky Morgan, Addison Trojke. Also for those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, uh, Eric and Sandy Jackson are celebrating 36 years of marriage on May 30th. Jeff and Marcia Parajan, we'll celebrate 32 years of marriage on May the 31st, and also for the Mays family, as they will be moving soon to St. Louis. So we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the power of the gospel, the power that it has to heal, to relieve, to change, and to to infect us, Lord, with its truth. Lord, if there are relationships that are in need of healing, that need to be mended and fixed and to be made right in you, Lord, we pray so very fervently that that would happen. That there would no longer be any, any more grudges or hurt feelings. but Rather, Lord, there would only be love that there would be love in you, love in your truth, that you have forgiven us all, and that you have loved us all. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, ruler of all, protect and defend your church from every attack of the devil, who prowls and seeks to devour. Where he tempts, Lord, strengthen your people. Where he gains a foothold with false teaching or ungodly living, call them to repentance and holiness. And where he incites enemies against your word and your church, preserve your saints in the faith so that they might rejoice to share in the sufferings of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. For all those, Lord, that we have named on our health list. Also, Lord, for all of those who are suffering from the effects of the attacks in manchester in egypt and in the philippines lord also we pray for all those who have lost or who have damaged property because of the storms and the bad weather that we have had here in this area recently we pray that you would heal and restore to all of those people and to all of those places we pray lord for all those that we know who are suffering that we name before you in our hearts now Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for all who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries soon. We especially thank you for 36 years of marriage given to Eric and Sandy and for 32 years of marriage given to Jeff and Marcia. May they, by your power, Lord, grow closer to one another in this coming year. May they grow closer to you. Uplift them, Lord, in the unique responsibilities that you have given to them as husband and wife. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for the Mays family upon their move to St. Louis. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the many years of service and love that they have given to this community. And we pray, Lord, that you would go with them. May you go before them. May they settle, Lord, in their new home with fond memories of here while looking forward, Lord, to what is ahead in the future that is to come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for those who serve, or who have served, in the armed forces as your means for our peace and safety. Protect them from all evil, sustain them in times of anxiety and violence, and grant them thankful hearts that rejoice in the knowledge that by serving us, they are serving you. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your Son, prayed that your people might be one, even as you and he are one, as you have gathered your people into the one faith by one baptism. So grant them a united confession of your truth, as they receive Jesus' body and blood this day. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, as the first Christians devoted themselves to prayer and worship following the departure of Christ, by means of his glorious ascension, keep us, Lord, in the same until we are raised up with all of the saints to your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me
4: the Lord. friends forgiven and redeemed by the Lord.
0: The second of our distribution hymns is number 641 in the Lutheran service book, You Satisfy a Hungry Heart.
2: Thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
0: Our closing hymn is number 965 in the Lutheran service book, God bless our native land. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service, and invite you to listen. To invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things.
2: Please be seated. Uh, at this time, is, is my microphone on, Darren? Yeah. Is it? Hello? Maybe. How's that? Oh, well, there it goes. Got it. Thank you. Uh, At this time, uh, for uh, anyone who has either served or is currently serving in a branch of our armed forces, would you please stand up, please? Have either served or is currently serving in our armed forces, would you please stand up, please? And stay stay standing. Um, If you would, please, tell us your name. Uh, the branch of the military that you served in, and or your uh, rank, and the branch of the military that you served in. So let's start in the back there. <laughs> Thank you, Elmer. Please. Thank you very much. Back right there. Thank you very much. And in the back there with the plaid, plaid shirt, please. Thank you very much, Fred. And I'm still trying to get to you in the plaid shirt. Yes, yes, you, yes, you. Okay, yes. Thank you very much. And Fred, uh, Fred, please. Oh, I'm sorry, please. Very good. Thank you very much. Fred? Fred? Thank you very, thank you very much, and over here. Marjorie Harris, U.S. Air Force. Thank you Marjorie, Orn? Or, or, thank you very much, and Ray. Thank you very much, Ray, did I miss anybody? Excellent, thank you again for, for your service, thank you. <laughs> right. Did I, I miss one in the, the loft? No? Okay, good. Okay, all right. Uh, I pray that you all have a very blessed memorial holiday, um, a very blessed week, and look forward to seeing everybody next Sunday.